to have you here on a Wednesday mornings at 10. Let's begin so much to get to. It is a busy day here across the tri-state yeah. New York City prepping for a presidential visit. President Biden will be in town this afternoon for some campaign events. Protest over the ongoing crisis in the Middle East expected to follow him. So in a moment, we're going to bring Heather O'Rourke in on the best ways to avoid the presidential impacts with all the traffic that is expected. Well, that's important. Yep. Oh, yes. Uh, we're also tracking the fallout from a New York City public housing bust, the likes of which we have never seen before. At least 70 people arrested in a single day. But what exactly does this all mean for NYCHA and most importantly for New York City residents who depend on them? That's a huge story that takes time to bust down, yeah, right? Exactly what exactly. it means and what it means to people who live there. Also ahead this morning, well, it's time to start thinking about doing something most of us have to do, and that's file our taxes. I guess if you're a billionaire, you don't have to, but the rest of us do. <laughs> um, and as the anxiety of uh, properly filing your taxes isn't enough, we're entering the golden age now of tax scams. Yes, there are actually tax scams. They're growing more sophisticated every day, but have no fear. The one person who can sort them out, Nita Pineda, is here, and she will make sure that our processing goes smoothly, quickly, safely. That's good. We're getting a refund from all those cloudy days, so finally, <laughs> we're seeing the payoff. Everybody, okay, now transition. everybody's aware. Okay. It's Mike transition. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, it is gorgeous, and yeah. again, we yeah. get to sit here and look at the windows outside and watch everybody skip by, because this is a a good day. It started out with a little bit of a chill this morning. We had some wind chills that were down about five degrees off the temperature, but we started with sunny skies. We're going to have them all the way until about Friday. We start to pick up some clouds. Um, by the time we are into the weekend, Saturday may be our warmest day. We'll get near the 60 degree mark, if not right there, but that's coming with some clouds and clouds will be around for the weekend. But look how gorgeous that is the Hudson River and the George on Manhattan's fashionable Upper West Side. 39 degrees under sunny skies. 33 is our wind chill right now, just because we have a little bit of a breeze. We're 40 in Newark right now, 37 in Montauk, 32 in Poughkeepsie. And yeah, I think we're going to keep this until the overnight and into tomorrow's high tide cycle. A little extra water, but see, follow these wind streams. When the wind is pushing that water up against the coastline, we often get that issue. Now let's look west. Look at half the country under clouds while the east coast is not. So eventually that will catch up with us, but not today, and let's not worry about it. Mostly sunny skies. By the time we get to 4 p.m., we're 47 degrees. That's when we get our high temperature, and then we trend slowly downward under clear skies tonight. Guys. Definitely got our attention, including the people on Billionaire's Row here not too far away. So they're, they're, they're listening. They're listening. Let's get to some of the top stories this morning. Making headlines across the area, and we begin with the new developments on the assault on those NYPD officers in Times Square. Federal immigration agents in Arizona have now detained four people they believe were involved in that attack on those two officers. They were on a bus heading from El Paso to Phoenix. Now the NYPD is working to determine if they are the same men who left New York City after being charged and then released without bail. So far, the only man held on bail has been indicted by a grand jury. New information on the dismembered body found in a freezer in Brooklyn last month. Police say Kashin Gelzer's body had been in the refrigerator of a Flatbush apartment for nearly two years. Police say the tenant, Nicholas McGee, killed Gelzer after a dispute over rent, which Gelzer would pay in drugs. McGee is already in prison in Virginia and was indicted in the killing on Monday. His girlfriend is charged in the case as well. Well, the other big story this morning, President Biden headed to New York City today for three campaign receptions. They are happening on the Upper West and Upper East Sides. He's expected to arrive a little before one this afternoon. 
At least two pro-Palestinian groups here in the city are planning protests over Biden's support of Israel in its war against Hamas. The protests will pop up at Biden's various receptions, although the groups aren't saying exactly where and when those demonstrations are going to happen. Now, all of that is going to make it not could, but will tricky to get around this town this afternoon and into the evening commute. Who knows how to avoid all of this or if we can? Heather O'Rourke does. Um, yeah. Heather, how do we navigate all of this on a mess like today? Yes, yeah, so this is nothing new to us. We've had <coughs> presidential visits before. We're going to keep having presidential visits. And we know the trick. The trick to this is to utilize mass transit. And the president is expected to arrive at JFK Airport at about 1240. And then from there, his motorcade is going to take him into Manhattan. Which road is he going to use? They're not going to tell us that. But you can expect delays and unannounced closures as his motorcade moves around the area through Queens could come up through Brooklyn. So please, again, utilize mass transit. Avoid Broadway to West End through the 70s and the 80s. So that's the Upper West. And then on the Upper East, you can expect delays and closures and frozen zones along Madison Avenue through the 80s. And then from there, the president is expected to depart from JFK in the evening. So again, I can't stress it enough. Utilize mass transit if you plan on traveling about. Back to you guys at the desk. Always great advice, Heather. Thank you. Some other news we are following this morning in this Republican-led effort to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Well, it failed in the House last night. Republicans will likely try to reschedule a vote to reconsider the bill once Majority Leader Steve Scalise, who is receiving cancer treatment, is able to attend the vote. The final tally, 216 to 214, after four Republicans joined all the Democrats to oppose the measure. Hmm. Police are looking for right now the person who randomly slashed a man at a subway station in Harlem happened last night inside the West 125th Street and Lenox Avenue station. The victim was slashed in his abdomen and left forearm. Wow. He is expected to survive. Oh, all right. So Newark's mayor says lead was found in three water service lines. So you'll remember this story. Uh, Newark was held up as a national model in lead water pipe replacement. And now after kind of a survey of what was done, Mayor Baraka says these lines, three of them were only partially replaced by a third party company that hasn't been identified yet. But the city has since fixed the problem. His administration will now conduct an audit to see if there are any more issues with pipes. But just so you know, if you have any questions about that, they say they're putting information on the DEP's website there. They say there is no cause for alarm here. Mm. Um, and just in, less than an hour ago, Newscopter 7, over this water main break in Brooklyn. Look at this. This is on Cozine and Montauk Avenue in East New York. The whole street covered in flooded water, yeah, reaching past some of the car's tires. Uh, we're going to continue to keep an eye on this and bring you the very latest, but a mess there in East New York. Well, let's talk about a bust of a different kind, and this was historic. Yesterday, 70 current and former NYCHA employees arrested in the largest single-day takedown in the history of the Justice Department. That is saying something. These people accused of taking kickbacks from contractors in exchange for small jobs. It happened at about 100 locations across the five boroughs. That accounts for nearly one-third of all NYCHA buildings. Mm, this was going on over a span of about 10 years. The investigation complicated, to, see, to say the very least. Joining us to discuss is ABC News senior investigative correspondent Aaron Katursky. Aaron. Thank you for being with us yeah. because it's really hard to wrap your head around um, what happened here. How do you break down this investigation so we can all understand? Well, 10 years shows you that this kind of fraud and corruption was embedded in the culture of New York City public housing, which was once a model for, for the nation, but has since, with federal funding being reduced, 
fallen into disrepair across the board. And at first, this was supposed to be an idea to speed up repairs, no bid contracts, right? Let's not get small oh, jobs. That's how we got there. Bogged okay. down in the bureaucracy of having to, to bid out. So the idea was superintendents could choose who they want, get the work done fast, mm -hmm. get it signed off and done. But it was rife for the potential of fraud. And that's what federal prosecutors have now found some $13 million worth of, of these small repair jobs Ow. subject to corruption and kickbacks. Okay. This is not the first time that NYCHA has been accused of corruption. There was a major case just a few years ago, but let's talk about this recent case because from my understanding, it worked really on a minute level. They're in the basement of some of these buildings saying, here's $1,000 in cash, you get the contract. And the work actually happened pretty quickly after that. The work got done, but the money got wasted and it didn't go to where it was supposed to go. And you heard federal prosecutors say, Mike, that NYCHA residents just deserve better mm. than this kind of culture of corruption. In order for these contractors to get these small repair jobs, whether it's plumbing or a drywall, whatever it is, uh, they had to pay superintendents and assistant superintendents some kind of kickback. All told, it's $2 million. So on average, you know, 70, 2 million, it's like 28 grand. Yeah. And now these guys could face the potential of, of going to prison. But it's a culture of corruption that federal prosecutors say they hope to stop. Yeah, I, I, and I hope they do. I, I'm sure residents hope they do as well. But if I'm a resident and I'm sitting at home and I, my refrigerator needs repair or my stove does and I've got a water leak, uh, what, am I, what do I get out of this? What am, I, am I sitting here getting repairs done or does everything stop because there's an investigation? NYCHA says, Sam, it will not stop, that they were able to identify uh, replacement superintendents to make sure that residents needs can be addressed while all these other people are going through the you know federal prosecution mm -hmm. uh, and so for residents they hope it just means a a cleaner mm -hmm. uh, and and much uh, more above board type system where contractors are chosen for the quality of their right. work not because they're willing to pay a bribe so oh. many more questions I mean because yeah. You go ahead. Well, no, I was going to say only 20 seconds left or so, I think, yeah. that we have. But is this over? I mean, is this investigation continued? Do we expect more arrests? There could be. The, the uh, federal prosecutor said they're, they're not done. Um, there were 65 arrests yesterday. Okay. Homeland Security investigation said today they, they got the remaining five. One guy flew in from overseas. Somebody else they found at a hospital. So they have all 70 in custody okay. now. Uh, but it took six different courtrooms on five different wow. floors of uh, the federal courthouse wow. to get them all in. So it is the scale is stunning even if the money ultimately is kind of small wow. potatoes. Clearly they've gotten their message across. They, they hope so. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks, guys. Aaron, great to see you. It's official official. Mm -hmm. We are in the thick of tax season, and that means it is prime time for people to fall prey to those tax scams. Oh, there it is. That's what, exactly what it looks like. All the papers are on the table. Yep. The computer's open. Deep breathing is what can help you get through this. Lucky for us, we've got Nina Pineda to help as well. Because mm -hmm. what am I, I'm, 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 I'm getting scammed at the same time as well? I'm meditating, Sam, <laughs> because my head is spinning. Yeah. Really, it, there are so many scams. And they're starting with this, okay? You get a plain envelope in the mail, looks like this. And guess what's inside? Something that looks like this. Mm. And it instructs you, hi, do you want to file like this? Or do you want to save money? Or did you not get enough on your return? Oh. You will either get this in the mail or in the form of something electronic where it's going to come in social media or to your email or to a text. And it is a scam because they're asking you to send your W-2, your pay stub information, yeah. your social security, 
into these websites that are designed to look just like the real deal, mm -mm. and they are not. So that's the first thing that you need to be careful of. And then we have to file early. Okay. And this is why you're going to be trying to beat the scammers. Yeah. Right. They are, it, with 157 million people filing, the average claim is 3,200. That's a lot of money. So you can do this thing that's get an identity protection pin. This is like a pin number for your taxes. And it used to be this was for the last decade only for people that had fraud before. But now they said, hey, now anyone can get a pin to verify your identity and prevent ID theft. You can opt into this. You can do this right now. You can go to irs.gov. It's voluntary. You have to pass this process. Mm -hmm. But it's really quick. You know, Raquel um, in makeup had this yes. happen to her. Yeah. And she filed it and got it like immediately. And you also oh, never want to email your pay stubs, your completed tax forms, or your social security number because it's so unsafe. Yeah. And right now, there's all these algorithms to get into your email. They can just punch in a thing and search. Mm. And as soon as you, they have that, they can basically become you. And if someone files oh. a return on your behalf, oh. yeah. It takes years to get it back. Now, I'm sure that there are also phone scams because it seems like that's why I don't answer the phone. <laughs> just just for listening to you. I do call? not answer the phone. I'm sorry. I don't care who you are. Because I was blowing because your I feel phone like, up in Miami I feel like I'm and you get, were not answering me. I feel like I'm going to get scammed. <laughs> you are. You definitely are. And, and this is why this is what a phone scam looks like. It can look like it comes from the IRS. All right. So we have an example of how these, this comes in. These are your red flags. It can say our IRS. This is one of the scam numbers that's on there, that 516. Do, the IRS does not call, does not text you, and does not threaten. Mm. They do it the old-fashioned way, which is in the mail, which is why some of the old-fashioned scams now are coming back. But they will never say, we're going to come to work. They're never going to say, we're going to address your, your, uh, arrest your wife or arrest mm, you at mm, work, mm. which people have fallen for. Right. They will contact you initially and by mail, and then it's up to you to contact them and work with them that way. So don't do that. And then definitely never pay with gift cards, Bitcoin, crypto. Yeah. The yeah. IRS no. does not accept mm -mm. Venmo. Any of those. All those things, right. no. So what is the goal? I mean, you alluded to it just a moment ago. Like, what are they after? To become you? They want to steal your they refund. Mm. And if you, they file on your behalf, mm. they will steal your refund. And we asked the former um, New Jersey Consumer Affairs Commissioner, yeah. Adam Levin, who now has a podcast called What the Hack. You know, really what they're looking for, and, and this was what Adam says, what they're kind of trying to drill down on. Okay. The red flags are you attempt to file a tax return and you're blocked uh, because you're notified that someone using a social security number that is on your tax return that that social security number has already been used in a previous filing that year. Or you get a notification that additional taxes are due based on earnings that you've never heard of because someone using your social security number got a job and the income was being reported to you. Or you're due a refund, but it never shows up. Yep. Mm. So, yeah. so what are some of the resources you sneaky, can? Sneaky, sneaky. So there are, there's a bunch of resources okay. that can help. They can help if you have low income, if you're under 79,000, if you're under 64,000. There's military will help you do. The Department of Defense has free filing. So we put all these resources on our website, ABC7NY, so that you can get 
um, really a lot of free tax help and some counseling. And there's this new pilot program also in New York that you can direct file. Um, so all that information is irs.gov. Just make sure that you're on irs.gov. IRS. <laughs> good stuff. I mean, people really okay. depend on those refunds. So good, good, good. Thank Nina, you. we want you to stick around for this one because it definitely got us talking this morning. Do you have, do you own a wallet that you carry around pretty much everywhere? That is the question. And according to Gen Z, mm -hmm. That makes us all outdated. Mm -hmm. How do we feel? All right. So <laughs> apparently most of Gen Z has now decided just to use their phones for everything. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's easy. They put their credit cards and their debit cards on their phone. Their mm -hmm. event tickets are on their phone. Their medical cards are on their phone. Their driver's license in some cases are on their phone. Now, we all know that's not the smartest idea on the planet, but they want to make us feel bad about having a hard copy <laughs> as well. Right. You think that's the goal? here? Yeah, I think so. Well, they did a study online and it talks about this is online payments hub and Amazon. 79% of Gen Z consumers use digital wallets. 51% of all consumers, so about half, say they trust their phone with all their cards. Oh. That number rises to 78% though among Gen Zers. Viral TikToks even suggesting that millennials can't use the phone case that holds your cards. You've seen that probably like kind of like a wallet that serves as a phone case. Well, they don't want to use that because it's too bulky to be cool. Yeah. You know, the skinny jeans. Need a help. Just gonna, yeah, I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm gonna bang my head against the desk. Because help. <laughs> this is the thing. Some people are just gonna have to carry cash or cards because younger kids aren't really allowed to add cards to Apple Pay because right. Apple bars anyone under 13 from having that. But oh. guess it, my kids both have my um, credit card connected to their Apple Pay. Okay. Mm. So, and guess what? Y'all are getting scammed. Yeah. Because when, look what just happened with that big um, iPhone stealing ring. Mm -hmm. If you have everything on your yeah. phone and someone steals your phone, there was this big press, press conference yesterday. Yeah. You're going to be vulnerable. Some people only pay by check, don't want anything on their phone. Yep. And guess what? You're much less, less likely to get scammed if you have what Charlene's got in her yeah, hand. A this reluctant millennial here. Showing my Costanza wallet here. <laughs> Listen. You know? I know. It's just like at home. I'm like, it. where's my wallet? Once your, phone, once your phone's been, yeah, I have a wallet. I have both. Once your phone's been stolen, you realize how yeah. susceptible you are to losing everything, and it's so difficult to get it back. Well, some parents may be looking to go above and beyond the candy and the cars this Valentine's Day to show their children just how much they love them. And the American Academy of Pediatrics has some suggestions, 14 suggestions, to let your child know exactly what they mean to you. I love these. Some of them include from the moment they are born, cuddle them. Read with your child beginning as early as infancy, yeah. maybe even in the womb, right? Yeah, why not? Starting a music, a reading, fetus, mm -hmm. schedule game nights and other family activities. Tell your child you love them no matter who they love. Because mm -hmm. uh, sometimes they say they love daddy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Let's talk about that a little bit. And use plenty of positive and encouraging words. I've heard you describe that situation. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, we don't have enough time to go through exactly what that means. But I understand. Well, we want to share some of our top three because, you know, as parents, often yes. in the commercial breaks, you know, yeah. we're all talking Aww. about. Oh, look at this. We got our pictures up there. And I love All right. this. So, All right, let's you read know, What we love to do is just talk about their day. So last night at dinner, I asked about, you know, what was your day like? And our Sweet. middle child, Mila, said, you know, today we talked about who would you want to have dinner with if you could have dinner with anyone? Yeah. Taylor yeah. Swift, a popular choice. So that's oh. just, that's what happened. <laughs> uh, she also said Messi. She's a big soccer fan. Okay. Anyway, we play games, play wow. Battleship, stuff like that. And you talked about it. Reading, reading, reading. Spending it's so time. important. Very much time. so. I agree with all of what you guys do. We do this. We try to incorporate <laughs> the same. 
Um, we also try to do like little dates with each child because we do have the three kids. And oh, that's it. It's really it. hard to kind of share yourself with all three of these children. Right. So we try to do one on one outings. Um, we cook together. You will often right. find me in the play kitchen. We're making all kinds of things. <laughs> the sky's the limit in the play kitchen. But we also make real food, too, together. Very fun, very messy. Um, and then, yes, um, hugs and signs of affirmation, like yeah. saying that you love them and kisses yeah. and all the sweet stuff. Yeah. I bet your play kitchen is the fanciest play kitchen. It's the best. The it's got all natural ingredients. It's the best play kitchen um, in the world. All right. So, so, I serious. mean, and we, in our, in our family, you know, all of our nieces and nephews are young now. And mm -hmm. to me, I think it's the physical touch of it all. They need to be held. You know, you just need to you need to touch them and yeah. tell them that you love them. Yes. And you know, it just it's a, it's a demonstrative. You've got thing. that little newborn nephew. Yeah, we got right? a brand new one. Brand and new so one. it's like the kangaroo. Yeah, because, yeah. You know, it's yeah, like yeah. the skin to skin. Yep, yep, really. yep. It's kind of yes. how we feel and when the sun is out. We just kind of go out and we just want to. <laughs> see, I can't <laughs> say until Mike makes the transition. Right.